Lee Whitehorn, 44 years of age, father of two, married to Laura, siblings, Luke, Jay, Rachel and Jane. Uh, one father, two mums. That's me in a nutshell, footy coach. I look at myself as just the average, everyday, run-of-the-mill bloke. Why am I here today? Um, to talk about my diagnosis um, that I received, oh, not great with dates, but I'm going to say about six weeks ago. Um, and I was diagnosed uh, initially with a lesion, which I think is a nice word initially for a tumour or cancer. And I was diagnosed with a diffused glioblastema. All right, welcome to the C Word podcast. We are season two, episode nine. My name is Luke. I'm here with my brother, Leroy. Hi, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. How you doing? Yeah, good. Just finished my. I'd like to say my morning walk as if I do it every day, but just went for one today, so. Oh, that's lovely, though. Well, we haven't actually had a chance to catch up since. Lots of things have gone on, so this is a good opportunity for us to be able to do it. I always like getting on one of these, and we, we haven't even had a chance to talk yet, so <laughs> it's nice and fresh. It's a and, family uh, catch-up, it's not a podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, it just happens to be recorded. Um, if anyone else does the same thing for their own family catch-ups, uh, send it through. <laughs> um, but no, how are you doing? We caught up a few weeks ago, and at that point... We were talking about all things clinical trials and how they were going and some of the emotional challenges that had been going on. We were in anticipation for the upcoming MRI to kind of get a bit more of a picture, I guess, of where we're at. And so that's where we left off from there. So maybe yeah. we will pick up from that part and uh, I don't know, see how, how did things go in those last couple of weeks of the treatment that you've kind of continued and ongoing if there's anything you want to talk to at that and then kind of where we landed with the MRI. Yeah, well, I mean, it's MRIs for anyone that goes through them in this sort of space when you're constantly having something monitored to sort of tell you where you're at from a health perspective. It's, it's probably the most stressful period. I'm really good for the majority of the time. But then probably, you know, maybe the week leading up to the MRI, you know it's that's coming and you're start thinking about what it might look like it's really hard to anticipate or it's impossible to anticipate in your head you might think oh this is going to be good and then you find out it's not or in your head you might think and I've been in this space where you're like oh I don't think it's going to be good and then you find out it is good and you think oh I've got no idea what to read so <laughs> it's, it's quite an up and down sort of week and then post that you're waiting to hear you know the outcome of the MRI which is quite an anxious and stressful period whilst I'm pretty good at balancing that out uh, and so is Laura it is that period of unknown and you just can be quite sort of anxious and you're trying to manage a couple of young kids you're trying to you know maintain some sort of normal behavior around others you know in that instance you kind of retreat a little bit for that week I reckon because you just mm. wait and hear that information so it's the hardest part, to be honest, of all of it, not knowing. And then probably the easiest part is the knowing part, which is mm. not always a good part. <laughs> so, and, and it wasn't a great part on my last scan. It had the same growth that I had previously. It's not like it's going out of control, but it's continuing at the same pace. You're sort of running through your head going, okay, well, what, what happens from here? Because 
once you get to a clinical trial stage, you're kind of clutching at straws. Then there are no other options. You're on a clinical trial. Mm. Yeah, we had that meeting with Dr. Bass, who's my oncologist, and we both sat down, and you can tell. And I always feel really, I feel really sorry for my oncologist every time we meet with him because it's either happy news, as in it's going good, you're going really good, or it's not. And when it's not, you just you know. And it was quite funny last Friday when we met with him because it's the first time he hasn't had to wear a mask. <laughs> so we actually got to see his face and we laughed and we we're like, this is the, like in two years, this is the first time we've seen your face. And he goes, I know, I was thinking of this before you came in. <laughs> um, yeah, so we sat down with him and he's he's pretty good. Like he doesn't take long to, to give you the information, but he tries to weather it. He tries to sell it in a way that you can absorb it without being overwhelmed so he could come in and just say it's grown at the same rate as it has before this is disastrous this is not great Mm. Um, but he doesn't he comes in he says look you know this is where it is but you know we can still keep you on this trial i still want to keep you on it because you know there's still hope of a change in that space and Mm. and whilst we're doing that i'll be researching every other avenue that we've got to treat this so he he was really good and like to be honest laura and i we're kind of used to this now after a couple of years that you almost don't go in with great expectations you'd rather go in with neutral Mm. and that way whatever you get you kind of there's less of a swing in behavior or mindset you know if you go in with this really i'm going to smash this it's going to be great and you get that then it it can really flatten you and, and the hard part out of that is finding that when you're going to hit that reset button which is mm. you know for me i was lucky i had footy on saturday got up on saturday morning i was pretty in the dumps on friday afternoon and, and so mm. was laura and we're a little bit like oh, not what we wanted but we know we're gonna to have to reset so we know we're gonna have a period of time where we're both going to be a little bit flat but we've both become really good in that space where we've our response time in that has shortened. As in, we know that you know the longer we sit in misery from a decision or from information, the longer that impacts on everybody else and yourself and your ability to respond. Saturday I felt really good. Sunday I was at home with the boys. Laura had work. She didn't want to go to work because she just wanted to be with me. Weather wasn't great, we were stuck inside. And yeah, I was a little bit down on Sunday, but then kind of made the decision Sunday night. I'm like, right, okay, you've had a day and a half now, two days. Get it together and reset and let's go again because this isn't the end of the world. This is, again, another challenge. And again, you, you reference individuals that have been in similar spots to me, and, and there are very few, but there are at least examples where they've got to this point and it's been the end of the end of the world. And then... They're still here in 10 years' time. And there's something to look at and to mm. aim at mm. um, and to reference. If I didn't have any of that stuff to reference, if I didn't know of these individuals, it would just be me trying to manipulate my thoughts and get them into the space that I need them to be into to go, right, I'm going to go be the first person to do this, which I can only imagine would be really hard, really, really hard, because it's almost like not telling yourself a lie but you're kind of stretching the truth a little bit to yourself and 
But when you've got someone out there or people out there that have, are examples in this space and have been successful, and when I say successful, it doesn't mean they're ever, you know, they've got back to where they were before all of this, but they've maintained where they're at at this point. And for me, if I could maintain that for, you know, an extended period of time, a long period of time, I'm, I'm really comfortable with that. That would be fine uh, with me. You know, obviously, you know, the greatest outcome would be that this thing just at some point just decided to to exit that space. <laughs> but you've got to face reality in there as well and know that the numbers are so slim in that space. So I would be a very rare individual to be in that space um, where, you know, I'm here in 10 years' time. But I'm really glad that I've got that to aim at. And I guess everybody struggles with this sort of stuff whether it's what I'm going through, whether it's work or whether it's sport or whatever. But you can believe in yourself for so long and if you have knockback and knockback and knockback, at some point you need like a little something like out there to sort of reset you and re-energise you. And and I only just found this information about this individual that's still going 18 years later that got to the same point as me and has continued on for another 18 years. So Okay. Hearing that at that point is like a, that's a bit of that reset button for okay. you when you go, hang on, well, there's an example out there. There's, a, there's someone that's done it. Mm. So, and what was their story? Yeah. Did they continue on with treatment or were they just... Oh, I don't know. I haven't delved, in, I haven't delved okay. into that. Like I, it's an area I don't really... Like I'm almost at the point where you're like, radio, okay, no one knows how these things work, how brain tumors work. They don't know how they work, you know, what triggers them, all of those types of things. It's a, it's a kind of a, you know... Follow this process, put your hands on your eyes and hope for the best. Mm. And after being on all of this treatment, and it worked for a period of time, and it hasn't worked at the moment, and it may or may not work in this next cycle, but then beyond that, it's just you. So then it's like, okay, well, if it's just me, that's the one thing I can control. I can't control the medication and Mm. all of those external things, but I can control myself. And, you know, what works best in this instance? Is it the medication in every occasion or is it, the individual that sort of carries them through into this space, like into a into a more positive space, into some sort of, you know, what you would deem as success mm. and extending that lifetime. And part of me is sort of like, I think that, you know, if it's just up to me, then it's, you know, I'm again, I'm comfortable with that. Maybe, mm. maybe I've got a really, a bit more like myself as an individual, maybe my brains are really um, <laughs> stubborn and strong-willed uh, individual in itself. And it's been challenged by all this treatment and it probably doesn't like it. And it's mm-hmm. responding probably with the same attitude I would in a lot of spaces where I don't like this, so I'm going to challenge it. Maybe that's where my brain's at with my treatment and maybe it needs to get to a point where I just go, all right, well, if this doesn't work, then we'll leave you alone and see what you do. And maybe it doesn't want to challenge. I don't know. Very different ways of thinking about it, I suppose. And, and it kind of gets you thinking in all those different manners. You know, the brains are very... A very incredible tool and it's one that is not enough is known about and understood about and so you kind of have hope in that that maybe your brain's got the capacity on its own without influence to to make a change so we'll wait and see what happens over this next 12 weeks and then from there if that doesn't work then it's on me from there so um, what's what's the alternative for you so this particular path has reached its climax and we've kind of gone, okay, that, that did as best as it could up until this point. What's the alternative? Do you just leave it alone? Do you look at alternative treatments? Do you look at other yeah, ways the, of... Yeah, the, the treatments 
are very limited in that space with, you know, you can't just go and have surgery on the parts of my brain where, where it is. Mm. Some are, I guess, lucky enough if they're sitting in the right spot where you can have surgery. Mine I can never have surgery on. You can go and have another dose of radio, radiotherapy, possibly. That's about it as far as I know. All I know is my oncologist is looking into every other avenue that is available, but he's an in, a highly, highly intelligent and passionate individual and gives, I know that he gives every ounce of his effort to me um, with my treatment and he is struggling in that space to find what's mm. next because there isn't. So, yeah, so it was a big, big Friday and a big sort of weekend and in saying that I'm feeling like I'm reset and I'm feeling great today. Like I'm, I'm feeling quite positive and just had an appointment with NDIS about what um, is available there for me mm-hmm. in terms of support mechanisms and so forth. Funding you can get there to help you in that space, which is, um, it's actually quite a remarkable program and something that offers you a lot as an individual and as a family. So so that's been one positive. We've sort of broken through that barrier and that'll provide me with a whole range of opportunities, you know, in terms of greater access to community and connection and all that sort of stuff which is a very broad term and I won't go into any more depth because it is quite a complex space in DIS but for me it opens up a lot and it gives me a lot more um, independence I suppose in terms of access because it's one thing that people with I guess illnesses struggle with particularly when you can't drive is independence you know like it's it's easy to say you can go out and do this but all of it costs and Mm. when you're not working and you've got one part income and a lot of people that are in this you know going through this sort of illness are in the same space you just don't have access to any of that sort of stuff so the NDIS are enormous in that space so I've had a win in that space over the last week and a bit of a a bit of a loss in terms of my MRI but I'm still quite positive it at some point the tide will swing in in some way shape or form so I still feel good Mm. Um, but we just have to wait and see, see what this next round does, and then and then go from there. After getting that difficult information, and then on the Friday and the Sunday, and that where you kind of like pull in, where does your like where does your head go pre reset? Hmm. Um. Oh, there's a lot of initial stuff that your head goes into. You know, you immediately like sitting going with Laura to these, and then you get that information, and then you immediately look at her, and there's. You know, and I've, I've probably said it a million times, and I probably make people cringe, but you know, she's the love of my life. And when I look at her after news like that, and I feel really blessed to have met somebody like that because not mm. many do. Mm. We're that connected to them and and love them in that way. So immediately your thoughts go there to to your partner and and to my boys and to my family because everybody you know goes through this and. They're all part of it and everyone goes through it in a different manner and so immediately it goes to that but not for long because it's I know that the longer I leave my head in that space the longer it goes into oh why me this is unfair it's not right mm. what didn't happen mm. to somebody else mm. and that's just not where you want to go and you don't want to wish this upon anybody else or say that it, you know somebody else deserves it more than you because that's you know it's just that's just rubbish and you hear people say that every now and then you think no one there's not a human on this earth that deserves any of this sort of stuff but 
it happens. Yeah, I sit in that space initially where I have thoughts about my family and I think, I hope I've done enough so far to impact my oldest boy. Mm. And, you know, and you immediately think, well, he's five. And I have really vivid memories of my father and my mum when I was five. And there's a lot that I learned from my dad around that age that I take from him. And there's a lot that I learned from my mum around that age as well. If it was to all go pear-shaped really quickly, mm. have I left an impact, particularly on my boys? And then that's the next thing that sort of spurs you on because you think, well, hang on, no, no, I can't. Don't think like that. Think about the, the challenge in front of you and what's next because, mm. yeah, I'm not going to be one of those numbers and I will be here long enough to impact our lives in a, in a manner that gives them clear memories of, of me as an individual and, and how I've influenced them and... And selfishly, you know, um, I look at Laura and I'm like, I'm not giving her up. <laughs> I know that sounds really like an old man, but I, I, there's no way I'm giving her up or us up because it took me took me too long to find that as a man. It took me a long time. And as you all know in my family and as you know in particular, that I it took me a long time to get to that space and to find that love and to find that happiness and... And that's something that, you know, immediately post those initial thoughts, that's what drives you then initially beyond that, where you're like, hang on, well, I've got so many reasons to continue on and there are examples out there that have got to this point and have continued on and that's all I need. So it's a quick reset for me and hmm. probably sounds simple, but it's not, I, I know it's not. No, I, no, I, I couldn't imagine that would be simple. a simple process to go not, through. But it's, it's as simple or as complicated as you want to make it, I suppose. Mm. How long do you want to sit in that well and drown in it? Or, you know, how quickly do you want to get out and see the sunshine and move forward? So that's what it's been like over the last sort of, like, since Friday, I suppose, and um, those, you know, first couple of days and probably had one night of rough sleep where just all those particular thoughts go through your head where you roll over in bed and... You know, you look at your partner and just think, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not leaving her. I'm not doing that, that like, for a long time. But then the next day, you know, I talk to myself quietly and think, right, dickhead, you're not going to spend all night awake tonight. You're going to sleep. You're going to have a good sleep because you need it. And you're going to move forward in terms of your mindset from here. It's interesting because we've always spoken about it in terms of the optimistic mindset and keeping really focused on it and, you know, exactly to the points that you're saying here. Do you ever stop and grapple with the concept of death? Like, do you ever think on it? Or is it always focused on the living? I'd be lying if you said you didn't think about it. Or I wouldn't say focus. It's a glancing thought. And you have very selfish glancing thoughts in this space. Hmm. Where if and when... I do not want to be one of those individuals. And if you had an absolute and, and somebody out there said, nah you've actually exhausted everything, this is happening, I'd want to hit the button pretty quick. I've been through that with my, my stepmom. I've seen people endure that, and I've seen my wife and my family endure the last two years of this stuff. So if it got to that point, you'd love to be able to hit a button and go, I don't want my kids to see that. I don't want them to see that part of uh, human suffering because it's just not nice to, mm. to see that. You know, Going through that with my stepmom was a really challenging and it was horrible so it does glance your thoughts it takes up a very small 
percentage or part because it's normally one of those kick in the ass thoughts where you go, hang on, hang on, what am I, why am I wasting time thinking in this space? So again, I think, that's, I think it's interesting. You kind of need to grapple with that. Imagine I, I always think. I mean, I think a lot about it in general. Just, just that's I don't know where my brain goes. And I just find it fascinating to kind of ponder over that because it's a reality that's for all of us, right? And the difference is, as as someone who is the brother of someone who's going through it, who's had it placed in a in a sense of it being more imminent in our linear perspective of the world than than what we believe our own to be potentially i mean you naturally start grappling with that concept more you naturally start considering and thinking and wondering and how do you maintain it what do you hold on to and and where do you draw the line and what does it you know and these are the things that as someone just as family sitting alongside it grapple it and then in my head i like wonder like i wonder what's going through his head like you know and then i know that that was challenging on the friday and, and you and i as we said at the start of this hadn't spoken but I did it on purpose on the basis that I was like, no, no, I know you well enough that I know that you need your space because guess what? I'd do the same. I would retreat right back in and I would just sit there and kind of go, everyone kind of leave me alone for a hot minute and let me come back when, when I'm kind of ready to come back to it. And I think part of the reason we set this podcast up was also to talk through the experience, but also talk through what it is that you needed and what you needed from other people in that process as well so you know looking at the week of the MRI looking at getting this difficult information what did you need from people around you so for people who are about or are going through something like this and are challenged by it and I'm asking you these types of questions like what is it that you you need or want or or you know what is the role of these other people because it is a challenging process you know we've everyone's got their own experience of it so it's kind of like i guess from from your lens of perspective well i guess everyone's got different needs but fundamentally for me if you need people to power you through this if you need people to constantly lift you up you're probably in a bit of trouble you've got to find this within yourself the people that are around you that you love and that support you you don't want to call on them for these type of things you want to call on them for good things you know like i'd love to I'd love to catch up, love to spend some time with you, love to do whatever, you know, there's not, oh, I don't know if I can get through this, you know, what can you do? Because the reality mm. is you could ring me and you could give me the biggest pep talk in the world, but unless I'm ready to receive it or I'm ready mm. to acknowledge it or understand it, it matters nothing. I think the best thing that people can do is understand their distance, understand the individual and what they need. Don't assume that what you want to give them or service them with is the right thing to do. Don't be one of those people that just wants to jump on and go, oh, I'm going to help. I want to do something. Do something that's relevant. And it doesn't even have to be for the individual. It could be for someone else in the family that's really struggling with it because that happens. There are individuals out in your out, you know. you got your sort of your inner circle of family, which, you know, I would refer to as my wife and my children. And then you've got your, your outer circle of family, which is your you know, your mum and your dad, and not, that might sound silly, but as you become a parent and married, that's your hub. And then you've got that outer circle, which is then, you know, that second uh, phase of family. And I probably sound like an idiot here because I'm using footballing references, using the inner circle and the outer circle, but that's kind of where people sit and it's them understanding, you know, where they can influence in a helpful and positive manner and not one that is going to add. Don't bring drama, don't bring your own pity. If I had somebody now that was upset about it and wanted to have a cry, I'd be the first one to give them a big hug and say, it's okay, like it's all right. Mm, mm. But not everybody is, I guess, built like that. So it's, mm. 
No, we've al- already established that crying's okay now. That that rules out the yeah, window. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think it is. It's really understanding the environment that you're in, understand the invi- mm. individual, their circumstances, how they're built, what can you do from them, what do they need, not what you want to do. Be selfless. Don't be selfish in that space. Mm. I know that probably sounds silly, but people can quite often be selfish in that space because they just want to do what they want to do. Mm. I'm lucky I haven't had anyone in that space. Everybody has respected what I've requested in terms of if I need your help and I ask for it, then hopefully I can get it. But don't throw me help when I don't need it. Don't waste your time or your energy when I don't need it. Bring it when I do need it and bring it in the right form and and, and what I need. So really hard one. Varies from individual to individual, I suppose. So whatever people take from that, I think it's understand yourself first and what you need and then communicate that to the people around you so Mm. that it can be enacted in the right way and at the right time. And I think, you know, for those listening along as well, you know, Laura and I have spoken separately on this and we'll have our own conversations on things. And I think you've kind of got to process the grief in your own way, shape or form. You know what I mean? Like you've kind of got to got to have those moments where you can acknowledge and recognize how you're feeling and what it is that you need and what it is that, you know, the people around you need. But also, you know, if you need to go and have that cry in the shower or you find yourself experiencing a moment where you're driving to work and you just burst into tears, you kind of just got to do it and go with it. And there is no kind of, there is no rule book for it. And I think the one thing I've learned in this entire process is just learning more around this concept of grief and the nature of grief and it's just been dealing with the potential of things versus something actually kind of happening in that way and it's still a lot of grief that sits around it because it's that processing of it so I think anyone kind of listening in and wondering you know what's the right thing to do or not I think it's to your point be selfless where you can with the individual who may be going through it but then also be a bit selfless with yourself to kind of go you know if you need that and you need to have that moment go and have it and like just let it out and just express it and then kind of continue on and, and do your thing um i think it's a really important thing yeah. that i've learned along the way yeah lots of learnings through this stuff lots of learnings so. it certainly has been okay so we so are you going to wait the full 12 weeks to go for it or laura mentioned that you might even go for a thing earlier i guess the option is there for us if we want it all depends on how i'm feeling and we'll just be in contact with the oncologist as to what does he think because like I can pull the pin on this treatment whenever I want. So if I wanted to say no today, I can stop the treatment today if I want. Okay, yeah. It's a bit to think about, but um, yeah, I'll wait and see. I'll probably give it a few weeks, to be honest, and see how it's all tracking. And if I if anything's changed or if I'm not feeling right, then I'll get the scan. And then if that's the case, then I'll probably just come off this trial drug and yeah, go it on my own from there. Because you don't know with some of this stuff. Depends on what sort of tumour you've got and what attitude the tumour's mm. got. <laughs> mm. yeah, that's some, true. Might be, some might be very submissive and others might be really, you know, bug you up for the fight and they want to fight as hard as the, the treatment wants to fight. So it's just, again, one of those unknowns in that space. Yeah, we'll wait and see. We'll give it a few weeks.